Hyped intro, cut one. Attention. Turn it up and get ready. You're tuned into the Mikel Casanova Podcast. Get your dancing shoes on because it's on. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hawaii's number one rated podcast, the Mikel Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikel Casanova, coming at you with a brand new interview with the one, the only, the man who voices Ryu of Street Fighter, as well as Gohan from Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball Z, and the newest released and announced character, Kage from Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, the one, the only, Kyle Ebert. This man has decades of experience in the industry. He comes at you with so much experience. His character, his cadence, everything about how he voices his characters is unique. The man's phenomenal. And it's an honor to have him on Hawaii's number one podcast. And we're about to go ahead and get into it. So if you're ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and welcome this guest on the show. Kyle, take it away. The answer lies in the heart of battle. And Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. This is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter. Hadouken! All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Mikel Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Mikel Casanova, and I have with me, it's, it's such an honor and a privilege to have the legendary Kyle Hebert on my show kyle please introduce yourself <laughs> okay well cool thank you thank you it's it's great to be here um i i've been in i've been to hawaii a few times and it's it is so gorgeous there i'm so jealous but anyway <laughs> um yeah my last name's actually pronounced a bear it's the louisiana french and so i know it looks like hebert and sometimes people get misspell it as Herbert, but the H is silent and the E is pronounced like an A, so it's like a bear is attacking me. Oh no! A bear. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have been a voice acting for the past eighteen years. Mm-hmm. I started on this little independent struggling show that no one's heard of called Dragon Ball Z, and uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I came out the gate swinging. I mean, I got so lucky. I transitioned from a uh, a, a DJ on Radio Disney mm-hmm. introducing Kid Records and all that. Before that, I was like a heavy metal DJ introducing Slayer and Metallica and then going to Weird Al and Backstreet Boys. Like, what? Really? Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, man. And, um, I love Slayer. Yeah, heard about <laughs> auditions. Heard about auditions at Funimation uh, and went and tried out for Teen Gohan or Adult Gohan. I don't know how you would call it, but I mean, high school age, you know, when he it's after the Cell Saga, so I took over the role from, at that time, Stephanie Nadolny. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays, I'm Kyle, you hear Colleen Clinkenbeard in the role. Mm. And um, I have basically been adult Gohan ever since then for all the movies and uh, all the games, mm-hmm. including Dragon Ball Fighters now available on the <laughs> Switch. Yeah, so... <laughs> 
Awesome. Yeah. 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 And, and, and getting to start on, on such a phenomenal thing opened up so many doors. I, I got to go on the convention circuit and, and literally go around the world meeting fans who, who have embraced the Dragon Ball franchise for years. And it is, it is so humbling and, and so wonderful to be a part of this thing that that already was a huge smash hit in Japan and then it becomes this huge international hit. And then finally like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's Goku's at the Macy's day parade. What? Yeah. Another, I saw another, that. That was amazing. <laughs> another huge benchmark. And then of course this new movie Broly, uh, dropping in theaters, uh, in January. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah. People are pretty stoked. They, they either grew up on it or they're, they're still in the, uh, in the fandom and exposing their, their kids and siblings and friends to it as well so it's it's just like the the ball keeps rolling yeah then it's it's certainly an amazing ball because you you have been able to voice so many so many characters over the years like you've been very influential and your portrayal of normal characters from ryuji from blue exorcist to sosuke aizen from bleach and kamina from gurren lagan and you know gohan and now you're well you've been the voice of ryu for 10 years now i want to say yeah, like, starting uh, starting on uh, do, 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 Street Fighter Four, and I, then obviously Five, but also Marvel vs. Capcom Three and Infinite and Cross Tekken and Smash Brothers, which will be dropping very soon on the Switch, and uh, it's just basically porting over, you know, the existing ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least as far as my character is concerned, I haven't. You know, no spoilers really, but uh, you'll hear the same voice track like that. So this is Smash. You know. Show <laughs> you got all that stuff. Like, how does it feel knowing that you've been able to influence like generations of fans from Dragon Ball and Street Fighter and innumerable anime roles, and having inspired me to want to become a voice actor, like myself included? <laughs> well, you know, when you again coming from a personal standpoint, it's achieving those goals, just like wanting to do something and getting to do it finally. You know, just just sticking to your guns and and jumping through hoops and just doing whatever it takes to to get out there and and make it happen but the real icing on the cake is you know getting embraced for what you do and they like what you do and it influences them you know like yourself you said you're interested in this field now and that that that's amazing and stuff and hearing other people tell their stories about maybe they're on the brink of depression or a dark time in their life and they'll play a game or watch a show that uh, me or my colleagues have been a part of Mm -hmm. and they say that really talked me back from the edge man you really made a difference and so now the late great uh, Stan Lee, rest in peace, you know, would basically considered what he did and inter- anyone in entertainment to be therapy, yeah. to be therapeutic. It's like, wow, we really are saving lives. It's not uh, it's not an egotistical thing to say that when you make a difference in someone's life like that from all walks of life, from, mm-hmm. from people that just, you know, work at a fast food chain to people that are stationed uh, in a foreign land in the military or um, dealing with uh, hospitalization or, or terminal illness or, or whatnot. We, we, we've dealt with it all, and it's so, so amazing to, to make such a difference. Yeah, it's like for me, a uh, bit of a personal background for me, like I, um, I'm two and a half years cancer-free. I had uh, colorectal cancer, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely have to say, like, the character you've portrayed with Ryu and his never give up attitude, like the way you've portrayed him, that really, because I've grown up as a Ryu fan since the early 90s, and 
you know, that was one of the things that really helped me in my battle with cancer of never giving up because I got to stage two and it was, it, it's, it was hard because like my dad and my, one of my older brothers went through it and it's, it, it's something. It's what the, the work that you guys did, it really, it inspires and motivates. So I want to thank you for that personally. <laughs> You're welcome. And congratulations on uh, kicking cancer's butt. That is awesome. Yeah. Very, very, very great to hear. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, what inspired you to get into uh, voice acting? Uh, I think, as most children, you know, the the thing that we're exposed to most is is cartoons and animated things, and uh, I was just entrenched in that. You know, watching Looney Tunes, classic mm-hmm. stuff, and you know, my dad's telling me on Saturday morning, it's like, hey, let's watch Looney Tunes, and course i'm cracking up and falling in love with bugs bunny and (laughs) daffy duck and all these characters that aren't as well known nowadays to the current generation but i mean it's so influential for for people growing up in the 60s 50s 40s you know and Mm -hmm. and for me in the 70s uh huge to see um the the incredible talent that uh mel blank brought to the surface Uh, Mm -hmm. you know he he basically was the reason voice actors were able to be credited uh, before they were just, you know, just not even an afterthought. You know, the folks on all those Disney movies, you, you watch the movies and, you know, you probably wouldn't see a, a, a casting, uh, a cast list and all that. He fought for that. He fought against Warner Brothers. They, they weren't going to do that. But uh, he, his incredible um, dedication and talent really, mm-hmm. really helped influence a whole generation. I've heard it repeatedly through people that I look up to in the industry. Saying mm-hmm. Mel Blank, it's totally Mel Blank. So I'm like eight, nine years old, saying I want to do what Mel Blank did when I grew <laughs> up. Yeah. Hey, you you've definitely been able to do that. That's that's super amazing. <laughs> well, I'm hoping, definitely hoping to, to to break into more of the domestic animation stuff. Um, you know, good. I've, I've made a whole career and I'm so blessed to, to have done it with, with anime dubs and video games, whether it's dubbing Japanese games into English or ones that originate here mm-hmm. and, and working on all sorts of different projects. It's really opened up my mind. And I think that's key to success in anything is having an open mind. Don't just say, well, I only want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're going to take away some fantastic experiences, whether positive or negative, or but always educational. Um, and I've learned a lot uh, since, you know, being the, the deer in the headlights going, I want to do this to, to actually being in the industry and seeing how things actually work and mm-hmm. what it actually takes to do this sort of stuff. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And, you know, were you, um, when you got into voice acting, were you ever trained or? I took, I ended up taking acting classes after, believe it or not, after I started working on Dragon Ball, I took the uh, improv classes and character mm-hmm. creation and things like that. But really, if I could go back, I would have done those first. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that are interested in this. You know, I encourage everyone to take a class and see if you have, you know, that that diamond in the rough quality because you do have to have some sort of, uh, you know, some rough talent for things. And uh, maybe you'll learn through taking the classes and maybe it's not for you. Maybe you'll discover while taking the classes you're more interested in another facet of it. and You, you start pursuing writing or directing or producing or um, all sorts of, of different avenues that 
that that acting can can launch into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just um, wow! I saw I totally lost my my train of thought. There. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, what has been your favorite character to voice for, act for currently? Uh, I have been most proud. It all goes back to Gohan, of course, because that led to everything else since then. Naruto, mm-hmm. Bleach, Street Fighter, and all that. And being in Street Fighter, um, I want to give props to Jonathan Klein at New Generation Pictures for mm-hmm. reaching out to Disney back in uh, 2012 when Wreck-It Ralph first dropped. And um, they said, hey, we can give you the actual voice talent if you want. Mm-hmm. And they did. They approached me to... Uh, to have a little cameo as Ryu, and if you see Wreck It Ralph, Ralph breaks the internet. Um, you can hear me say "Sure, you good" um, <laughs> in the background at Tappers. Just one line, but hey, you know I got to be part of uh, two really wonderful Disney movies uh, for for this generation, and um, I love them even just as a fan of pop culture, mm-hmm. even if I weren't involved. But that just was just something on the bucket list. It's like, man, I want to be a voice on a Disney movie. It's like, okay, done. All right, next. It's like, oh, <laughs> sweet. Okay, well, all right. I'm just going to keep doing this thing and let's see where it goes. Awesome, man. That's you know, and that that's that's really inspiring too. It's like you were a fan of it growing up and then now you get to be part of it like regardless of the role like that that could open doors to even more so yeah you really you really can't put into words how what it feels like it's kind of like going from not knowing what it's like to have kids to becoming a parent Mm -hmm. it's like you just can't describe what was it like when you first saw your, your baby come into the world and like oh it's just like all the other troubles melt away and you know <laughs> it's all that it's like it, it's like it can be a life altering sort of thing when you're when you're achieving some goal you've had for any amount of time mm-hmm. i mean not not to not to poo poo on anyone's life it's like hey i made my dream happen in 6 months it's like hey that is just as amazing as someone who's fought for years to get uh, get somewhere where wherever it is they want to take, take mm-hmm. them awesome awesome and um you know going back to to Dragon Ball Z like were you su- surprised like looking back in hindsight like how loved your portrayal of Gohan was by the fandom I am um I'm just truly honored and flattered by it actually the first reviews I saw when Toonami on Cartoon Network aired the first stuff of Teen Gohan mm-hmm. I saw bad reviews I mean, the first reviews were just awful, but I quickly realized they were coming from from fans that that hate English dubs to begin with. So it's like, all right, well, that's an uphill battle that you're just not going to be able to get over. And then once the DVD format came, you know, the sub versus dub war should have been completely quashed, but squashed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it still goes on. So it's like, hey, don't feed the trolls, you know, whatever version of anime you love embrace it and yeah. just don't be don't be a jerk to other people i know as the creator of that stuff if it's reaching an international audience of all these different languages and stuff you mm. would be proud yeah as i'm sure japan and all the studios are involved with toy a for example that they've been able to penetrate a worldwide market and, and make even more money uh doing this because it is a business at the end of the day yeah and were you surprised, like, when you were called back in, like, for the redub of Dragon Ball Z with the Kai revision? 
Uh, mm-hmm. And even with the current Super Series to bring you back and reprise your role as Gohan, was that surprising for you? It was surprising that uh, they decided to do the Kai series and decided to do new movies and decided to do a new series, you know, <laughs> springing off that. And like, oh my gosh, and now it's another movie, which I now hear will probably spring into another series. So, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's not that I have, I've learned to expect the unexpected when it comes to Dragon Ball. You mm-hmm. know, when the first time we finished dubbing all the episodes, I thought, wow, okay, well... I'm going to miss it because it's it was so great. And then it's like, all right, now we're going to go back and dub it from the beginning uncut. Oh, okay. All right, let's go back and do that uncut. All right, we're going to do the movies. Okay, we do the movies. All right, now we got games. We got like one new game a year. Like, oh, sweet. Okay. The gift <laughs> that keeps giving. Meanwhile, everyone's getting to travel the world, go to conventions, and and uh, spread the, the gospel of Toriyama. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it just floors me. I thought that they would just make movies after the success of battle of gods and resurrection app i just figured dragon ball was just going to be pure movies from here on out because they're easier to make Mm -hmm. honestly and they're so profitable you know they were you know like number five in the box office in the united states both of them like in their in their release time against other huge summer blockbusters i mean it was selling out of its limited engagement they had to add more screenings and that that tells you something yeah, I know out here in Hawaii, it's sold out all theaters. Like, you, if you didn't get tickets when it first went up in the first 15 to 20 minutes, you were SOL. Yeah. <laughs> it was not yeah. happening. Yeah, and that, I think, between that and the Pokemon movies, it's really, through the years, opened up a gateway of other releases, you know, with, with um, companies like Fathom Events. Mm-hmm. that will bring limited anime engagements to theaters over the course of a weekend or maybe a couple weekends and those end up selling out and they're all different genres it's not all just you know big shonen type anime it, it it could be romance stuff it could be horror it could be mystical fantastical stuff just mm-hmm. and and it's so awesome to see that happen yeah and were you surprised with like the direction that Dragon Ball Super took Gohan to bring back his warrior nature? I was because I thought, well, okay, they're they're going in the direction of okay, he's going to be the responsible parent, you know. <laughs> wasn't exactly there for him, and a lot of fans like to say Piccolo's the real dad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like from a from a completely selfish standpoint, it's like, come on, give Gohan some more screen time, let him help out a little more. It's like don't don't relegate him to the side. Let's let, we have a chance to to retcon all that and and give Gohan a, a much better faith than just being that that studious book, bookworm type. But it is cool to see him be a really good father and uh, supportive of his wife and child, and uh, of course be able to come back into the fray and, and and do what he's best known for, and even get a little goofy reprise of uh, the Great Saiyan Man, which I have a blast. <laughs> uh, getting to revisit that and and on Kai too. Uh, I forgot to mention on Kai was this rare opportunity to redub those episodes this time with a faithful script and this time with way more experience under our belt as actors. Mm-hmm. A lot of us on Dragon Ball Z um, that did come back for the Kai dub, you know that was our really that was our earliest stuff. And we go back and kind of flinch when we hear videos and, and see <laughs> clips and like, oh, I could have done that better. And then on Kai, you know, 
say what you will about like, oh, well, I prefer the original. I prefer the uncut because they changed it too much or this, that, and the other. But I think it's a great, rare opportunity to say, hey, we, we've gotten to revoice. You know, now that we're more experienced actors, we can bring something and beef up these performances and hopefully influence a new generation that may say, hey, 291 episodes, that's kind of daunting. Well, here, watch Kai. It'll you know, <laughs> stuff out get to the meat of the act, you know? Um, so, yeah. And, you know, you were also the voice of Sosuke Eisen in Bleach. So what was it like being the, well, I'm just going to say, the main villain for the show and working opposite of Johnny Young Bosch, who voices Ichigo Kurosaki? Well, Johnny, of course, has been... Uh, super super awesome and in, in 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 the industry longer than me i mean I, I saw like trigon and of course he's known for the power rangers and things like that mm -hmm. um and, and the uh the redub of akira and all this stuff leading up to it's like we and the, and the weird thing about dubs is we have to record one actor at a time so i didn't work directly with him mm -hmm. you know and that's that's the that's that tricky balance that you have to do. It's like this was why we always tell people that want to get into voice acting that acting is the foundation. It's not about doing voices. You have to be a good actor. We have to make it believable that we're carrying one side of the conversation without that person even being there and without having studied the script. No rehearsals. We come in, we read, we cold read it, and we commit to it. Uh, in in the studio, just line by line, and the director will, will guide us. You know, a little bit faster, a little slower, a little more 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 intense, or let's back off the mic a little bit, a little a little more whispery, and whatnot. And it's it's this dance, you know, much like a conductor in an orchestra. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, you know, when you're selected for a role for you know, be it an anime or a game, like. What is the process for you to get into the mind of the character to properly portray them? I've just learned through the years to just, you know, just snap my fingers and go into the zone because improv and, and making snap decisions on the fly is so key to being successful in this business as well. Improv, mm -hmm. um, taking those classes and thinking on the fly, committing to a performance, and but also being flexible because the director could throw you a curveball and take you in a way different direction. And your goal as the actor is to, of course, please, first and foremost, the director and or the client, mm -hmm. which sometimes can be present in the in the studio. So that pressure is definitely on. Um, it, it's never on the actor to make decisions about, you know, like, I want you to do this take and I want to do this over again. It's like, well, it's not our call. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we, we have to be moldable to uh, to what the, the vision is for that that script again you know going from cold reads and all that so the prep i would say goes back to even before you step in the booth it's it's taking those classes and and learning the foundation of acting so that once you have that op op that opportunity to even just audition you'll have that little window of five minutes to make a, a great first impression that you know your stuff that uh, you can take direction you can give them what they're looking for or you can change what you gave and and and, and all that because it's not just trying out for the role the director is seeing hey what would it be like if i get to work with this person are they going to be easy to work with or are they going to be a pain and and so on so yeah you're, you're juggling a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of things there and you know with speaking of capcom and street fire like how was it like or have you had the opportunity to work with uh directly with capcom or with like the street fire director yoshinori ono 
Uh, I don't know if I worked directly with him, but definitely uh, representatives in Japan. Uh, they weren't, uh, let's see, some were in the studio representing Capcom in America. Then we'd have representatives from Capcom back in Japan mm-hmm. listening over Skype. So the, the sessions wouldn't go as fast as they normally would, but, I mean, for a very good reason. You know, the Capcom is very, as well they should be, any client about their property. They want to make sure that... Uh, whenever it's being localized into whatever language it's going to that they they put their stamp of approval on the performance and everything so uh mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's like hey i'm making the director happy i'm making capcom america happy and most of all making capcom japan happy and uh you know we can get that done in, in as little as two hours or maybe four hours maybe eight hours stretched out over a few sessions just depends on the, the the workload and the line count of uh, dialogue and fight sounds and stuff. So when it comes to like uh, your experience with like voice and Ryu, like how how was the audition process for uh, back when Street Fighter Four was being localized? What was the audition process like? It was so top secret. I didn't even know what I was trying out for. I had to sign an, an NDA, non disclosure mm-hmm. agreement, before I could even audition. So. I arrived at the studio to try out, and uh, the director says, don't freak out. I have a feeling you'll know what this is as soon as you open it. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> I open this three-ring binder, and I see these familiar characters. I go, oh. It's like, shh. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's like, just pick whoever you want to read for. Pick, you know, four, five, six, up to six, maybe. Whoever you want to read for. So, okay, Ryu's huge. I'll read for Ryu. Uh, I'll read for Ken. I'll read for M. Bison, and Ooh, this new one, El Fuerte. I'll read for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in, and I didn't hear anything for a couple of months. And then I'm at uh, a convention with the director of the game in America for English one, mm-hmm. uh, Talison Jaffe, who voices Blanca. And uh, we were at a con. He goes, hey, congratulations, by the way. I said, uh, um, what? It's like, you got the man. It's like, uh, uh, what are you talking about? Oh, you got real. Like, really? Oh my God. And, you know, I'm at a convention. I'm just dying to tell the world, but I signed an NDA, right? We can't talk about it until mm-hmm. the game's out. So we record our voice tracks, again, one actor at a time, over the course of several months. You know, they'd get revisions and add cutscenes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took about a year before Street Fighter actually dropped to the public. And then we could say, oh, by the way, I'm this guy. <laughs> so that that was hard to, to keep quiet I, I lost many a quarter on the arcade version of Street Fighter back in the day and uh, <laughs> this was so cool that the game series was uh, Capcom said yeah we're going to dedicate we're, we're, we're going to have a dedicated English cast from here on out so I thought oh yay future work <laughs> so like when it comes to voicing Ryu you know not only in Street Fighter uh, 5 Arcade Edition, but, you know, Street Fighter 4 and, and Cross Tekken and Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and, and Infinite. Like, how did it feel? Like, uh, like what challenges did you have to face and overcome when it became time to be Ryu? The only real challenge that I find, and a lot of other people in the industry will, will tell you firsthand, is just when you have to do a lot of screaming, that tears your voice up, uh, no matter how you slice it. Uh, mm-hmm. You try to minimize that with like Chinese cough syrup or throat drops or lozenges or sprays or hot tea. And we've got all those tools at our disposal during the session. But we'll record all the quiet dialogue stuff first and then the shouty 
fight reactions and death screams and all that agony stuff towards the end of the session and hopefully you'll walk out of the studio with your vocal cords not too shredded because you know i've had this happen before where i've done nothing but scream Mm -hmm. and then i have to cancel the next session because my voice is just too shot and uh you know that gets a little stressful because the studio has to you know rearrange everything on the fly and Mm -hmm. change the schedule because time is money you know the the people are being paid to be there the director the actor the engineer studio time is very expensive so if someone cancels you got to fill that slot with someone so you shift everyone around and hopefully they can just reschedule you at another time if you get sick or or certainly run down by by all this they call it vocally stressful in the industry that's Mm. the nice way of saying we're gonna kill your voice today (laughs) (laughs) oh wow and i i because i'm friends with uh the voice of uh cody travers uh michael t coleman who actually just he just messaged me he told me to tell you hi oh hi yeah he's awesome um so i i know he was telling me before when i interviewed him about uh there's this it's some type of juice he drinks he said helps with uh the screaming scenes or anything like that like do you also have like is there anything you prefer to drink uh to i guess care for your voice well uh the studio is always loaded with uh, room temperature water and cold water room temperature water is actually better for your vocal cords Mm. although i prefer cold water Mm. (laughs) but yeah you want to stay away from cold drinks soda pop you want to stay away from from coffee or any milk products because that produces phlegm and mucus and that's just gross and these microphones are super sensitive so they hear stuff when the mouth clicks and all that stuff that just gums up the works and Mm -hmm. makes you have to do multiple takes so if you can minimize that even taking one bite of a green apple the acidity level in a green apple helps uh remove the the clicky sounds from your voice so yeah i i i do have i'm stocked up on uh chinese cough syrup and uh i have them in lozenge form uh there's you know peppermint tea is is usually at the studio too so yeah i'm ready for all of it So, you know, there's an amazing level of chemistry between your and Ruben Langdon's portrayals of Ryu and Ken that you can tell that there's like this true brotherhood between the two characters with how you two have brought them to life in the English uh, dubs for, you know, Street Fighter 4 and onward. Like, do you and Ruben get to work together often or? We don't, actually, because this goes back to just the technical recording process of games and animation if we were cast together on a cartoon Mm -hmm. we would record at the same time they have a multiple mic set up in the room everyone has their own music stand with the script uh everyone has their own mic and they might be seated in a big semicircle. but for anime and video games we have to come in one at a time especially if we're we're localizing games in from japanese into english or any other language into to English because you have to match the timing of that original soundtrack uh, because the animation is being animated to match that so Mm -hmm. you have the constriction of that uh, not necessarily the mouth flap stuff because the game's being animated when we're recording it so we have no guidance other than oh it took 6.7 seconds to say this line in Japanese we gotta make it match 6.7 or maybe 6.6 seconds 
in English. Mm-hmm. Very little wiggle room to go above that, but the Pro Tools recording software can tell you down to the frame. <coughs> excuse me of um, what you need to, to to get it in the ballpark, and they can squeeze or compress or expand only to a certain point because it mm-hmm. ends up sounding robotic, mm-hmm. and you want to avoid that. You try you try to get that organically during the take. So yeah, with with Ruben, I mean that 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 hey means we're 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 hitting the mark if you say hey we've been able to foster this great brotherly friendship and all that and me and Ruben have had very little FaceTime together very very little we've been in a, a couple of cons over the years and um that's about it <laughs> honestly <laughs> never get to see the guy I mean when we recorded the cameo for Wreck-It Ralph even um he went in before me and uh He'd come out, and I'm in the lobby going, all right, well, have fun. All right, good to see you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I guess my last Street Fighter char- uh, question, not character, <laughs> question is uh, how much of you is in your portrayal of uh, Ryu? How much of me? Well, let's see. Uh, I'm definitely not a fighter. I have no muscles. Uh, I have giant feet. Oh, no, it's true. <laughs> I don't know. Am I taller? Do you know all his specs? I'm six foot three. How tall is Ryu? Do I have anything in common with this guy? Uh, he's. It's weird because some games say he's five seven, some say five ten, and then I think now he's five nine. I don't know. He's growing and shrinking. I guess. <laughs> okay, I will say uh, when he speaks English, he sure sounds a lot like me. <laughs> That's what we have in common. But other than that, we have zero in common. But I do appreciate the the character, the whole Zen stuff, and staying focused, and and staying like like you were saying, you know, very inspirational, and you know, pick up where where you're at, and just just try again. Yeah, stop your shoulders, and it's like, all right, I got this, man. Uh, that is an aspect that I think anyone could could take that positivity away, and be able to help guide them through this wacky thing called life. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you're also Escanor, uh, the, from season two of Seven Deadly Sins. Now, how was that experience playing a character that has two vastly different personalities and forms? Now, I know people could say Ryu has that, but I think Escanor, they're drastically different. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, he's this little mousy sort of guy. And, oh, yes, of course. And the, the big strong guy kind of reminds me of Armstrong in Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, the big bravado and and the abs of steel and like oh my gosh, uh, I was so excited. Uh, the director Chris Kaysen, who also adapted the scripts, uh, said, "Boy, we got we got a good one for you. You're you're like the, the final sin and this big reveal and you know this is this is some great stuff to to chew into here because it's not just one voice or one." side of a character it's like you get to portray this these vastly different aspects it's like oh my gosh that's so cool because i honestly and to this day have not seen any of seven deadly sins outside of what i recorded for my character oh wow and this is this <laughs> is actually the case for a lot of the actors because we're so busy doing auditions and sessions and we're, we're just busy with with real life that we don't have time to just sit down and enjoy or binge watch um too many uh, things, especially of our own the things that we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am s- super stoked that Seven Deadly Sins made such a such a, a good impression on the fans, and 
they were able to go ahead and deliver the the other seasons. Yeah, my my wife is a big fan of your portrayal of Escanor. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, she. That's so cool. Thank you. She's like, he he nailed it. I was like, oh. I'm like, I don't know how to compare it to anything else. She's like, yeah, coming from the manga, because she, she's diehard manga fan. Yeah. And so, like, she's like, yeah, he, he portrayed it just like he would in, in the manga. I was like, that's awesome. I haven't read the manga. <laughs> it, it's so hard, because I, I work for a hospital, so it's like, if I'm not doing a podcast or reviewing games for, like, Capcom or Sony or, or, or Nintendo, then, I'm you know, I'm... I'm working, so it's like it's so hard. I, I, that's why I go back to like what you were saying earlier about you know bi- being busy with life that you don't have time for stuff. So that's <laughs> well, you know, in in terms of of nailing the performance, I again I think I, I think credit goes to between, between the, a team of people. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Kaysen is juggling many things, and he is super passionate about every project he works on. So. That guy eats, breathes, and sleeps seven deadly sins. So I, I <laughs> totally give credit to him for 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 having to to know these characters inside and out and be able to guide me. Because again, we go in there and this is cold reading. We're seeing this material for the very first time mm-hmm. uh, once once we're in the booth. So we trust our director to catch us up with kind of a bullet point sort of. Uh, All right, here's a Cliff Notes version. Here's a quick paragraph summar- summarizing this series up to this point here's what your character is going to do in this episode like okay cool and take it down scene by scene so yeah it's almost like recording in a vacuum and like you're imagining you're one piece of the puzzle the engineer is another piece of the puzzle the director is another piece of the puzzle the translator the writer uh the client uh the sound mixers mm-hmm. um all of that stuff and obviously the animators um, and everybody, and, and back to the original creator of the material in the first place for the manga. So it's a, there's a whole lot of people out there working very hard. Um, so I think it's it's hats off to the team whenever the fan says they nailed it. It's like, <laughs> Sweet, we did our job, guys. And you know you won you won an award at the Anime Expo in 2009 for best English voice actor. You know, in the SPJA awards for your role as Kamina and Gurren Lagann, like, what was your reaction when you won that award, and how did it feel? I thought I had no chance because that year I was up against Sam Jackson for Afro Samurai, and uh, golly, Dave Wittenberg and Naruto, and uh, God, there was there was a couple others, and I thought, wow, it's just an honor to be nominated. But yeah, my 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 jaw dropped when uh, I picked that up and. And and uh, amazing for Michelle Ruff as well, who's Yoko, who picked up Best Female mm-hmm. uh, English Voice Award that year. And uh, yeah, I I have that award on display on my bookshelf here in the in the living room. <laughs> it's just another benchmark moment. Uh, with such a pivotal character in, in a show that's meant so much to a to a worldwide audience, long before we got to uh, to do the English dub. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's at least a good full year that uh, it was building its fandom. And then, you know, we were able to crank it out in English and get it on Sci-Fi Network with, like, three successful airings. Mm-hmm. And um, and we just last year celebrated the 10th anniversary of the show. They, they put the remastered episodes in a Blu-ray box set. And, and uh, we were at Otacon in Baltimore last year, and they had this 10th anniversary panel. Uh, with with folks like me, myself and Michelle and Tony Oliver who directed the dub and 
uh, some of the other people on board. We just packed one of the largest panel rooms at Otakon, and hmm. they watched like the final episode. And just the, the electricity in the air was just—it was just stunning to be a part of that. Hmm. So, fun fact: the audience may not be aware of, but and I know we talked about it before we went live on the show, but you know. You're also a podcaster and co-founder and host of Big Ball Broadcast. Like, yeah. What draws you to podcasting and what inspired you to start one? Well, it goes back to my love of, of being on the air and, and radio, terrestrial radio. Um, being a kid, I used to take a cassette player and just do pretend radio stations on my turntable and do mock commercials and stuff. Grow up, get a broadcast degree uh, and work in radio on the air living that dream out and uh come along around 2004 2005 this whole thing about podcasts comes out it's like wow the power of radio in the palm of anyone's hand with a keyboard and an internet connection you mean to be able to instantly post your own on-demand talk show or 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 listening experience whatever uh for free uncensored you know, you're not dealing with the FCC and having to deal with censorship and any of that. I mean, if you want to have a talk show about, you know, uh, different breeds of, of zebras, you can do that and you will find an audience for it. So I was super, super stoked to to be able to to do that stuff like when podcasting was was just starting to 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 blossom. And uh, through the years, the Big Ball Broadcast and my buddy Steve Baptista, Otherworld Steve, as he was known, um, were able to bring back different art incarnations of the pop culture and geek news and all that and uh, bring it out, you know, for the love. Uh, when you're a podcast, you can't do it for money. So few people do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I see people added to the, to the chat like that guy. <laughs> 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 don't do it for the money <laughs> I never do it for the money Michael Coleman <laughs> see you see his handsome face on, on, on the camera here but I'm not showing myself because I'm lazy and <laughs> <laughs> I crashed Bosco's interview too and he was all like oh I'm going to put my face on there <laughs> yeah well okay you can dub us Mike you can, you can just totally <laughs> We'll speak, and you just move your mouth. Okay, hi. My name is Kyle Aber, and I voice Rio in Street Fighter. You might know my buddy, Michael Holman, who also voices on Street Fighter. Cody! Best dub ever. <laughs> my kids didn't even tell the difference. They just thought I was talking. Right? Like, yeah, what happened? Oh, <laughs> Hold on, then. <laughs> Good times. When I interrupted Bosco's, I was like, uh, are you wearing a Chicago Bulls t-shirt? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Does he ever not wear a Chicago Bulls t-shirt? <laughs> it's a little creep. Hey. hey. <laughs> Is it cold over there? Or? I don't know. Is it cold? Coleman, is it cold? You look like you're wearing a coat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, I was back east last week. It was it was not a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanksgiving, like in New York, ever. 
Well, yeah. So you know what it's like to actually experience cold. People in California don't. It's 62 <laughs> degrees on the West Coast here. What? And really? Running. Yeah. It feels like 30. Oh. Or maybe not. I have to put on <laughs> two layers. I mean, Bad. we died a couple days ago when it rained. Oh, yeah. My son's like, why does everyone freak out when it rains? <laughs> like, well, not used to it. And yeah, they're it, totally not used to it. Hydroplane everywhere because it's not built. <laughs> people would do that back in Dallas with me growing up. And every time it would snow, people would go, "What is this weird thing?" And then sleep <laughs> would form, and everybody thinks they can go full speed and then slam on the brakes. No, not so much. <laughs> what? Oh, Coleman. Coleman, where's Bonnie? I don't know. She never wrote back. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I see her all the time. We actually were both. I was like, Bonnie, let's both uh, bomb his uh, interview. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> or it seems like I'm I'm the one that keeps interrupting other people's interviews. <laughs> That's cool. You're giving this poor guy a lot to edit out, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this interview only lasted 20 minutes. It's so weird. Huh. <laughs> oh. Bathroom. How often have you guys had got the chance to work together? What do you guys see? What are we on besides Street Fighter? I mean, does adventure count? <laughs> uh, adventure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was explaining that to him, uh, that uh, this, this, this crazy world of voice acting, we're lucky if we see each other at a con much less in our own cities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the only time I really see Bonnie, one of the reasons I even have shows is just so I can see Bonnie. Uh, it's when we do, like, tales. Like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, projects, work, food. These are these are great motivators to get people <laughs> out of their little, little caves. It's like, okay, today I will people, I suppose. <laughs> Well, you're always, you're never around. You're always gone, like, every weekend. Uh, it feels like it. This year has been, like, I've only had, like, nine cons. So I have been around. But <laughs> I've been living life. I got married this year, so. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Wait, that hasn't come up in the past hour? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> we talked a lot about my career, which I guess is kind of the focus, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, there's a focus. I, oh, that's right. Yeah, wasn't there a video of you beating the crap out of me? Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there? Oh, uh -huh. that yeah, that short from a few years back. Yeah. Oh, oh there, yeah. There's a short. I got it. I got you hitting me with a glass. Okay. Here we go. What? Oh, oh my God! They're all watching. <laughs> How do I look at my own thing? Oh, I think I did it. Oh, am I freaking guys out? Okay. Can you see that? Whoa. All right. Here we go. Oh, wow. That shaved my face. Next to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's safe to say you both are taller than me. <laughs> I'm 6'1. <laughs> oh, yeah, Phil. Yeah, that's weird. I thought you were taller than me. Okay. Oh, Coleman, you're taller than I am. Oh. Aren't you? Sure. 
yeah, well, I'm 7'4 with my Kiss platform shoes, so, no. talking, I'm not here. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> you can search. We're talking about something important when I show up. Oh, yeah, we had a podcast, didn't we? <laughs> Sometimes he'll pop in and be like, hey, guys, it's, it's my show. Can you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, so did I answer that question <laughs> before we got sidetracked? <laughs> Remember the question? Oh, uh, the, the podcasting one? Or is it the... Oh, yeah, the podcast thing. I yeah, yeah. I answered it. I think, yeah, yeah, you did, you did. Uh, oh, what are some of your favorite podca- podcasts to listen to? I love, let's see, golly, I love the WTF one with Mark Marin. Mm-hmm. I love um, Talk is Jericho. Oh, Jericho. Man. love that one. I love some, some wrestling ones like Solomon Monster. Um, uh, what about uh, the Ross Eddie Report? Trunk. Sorry? The Ross Report? Ross Report. I've heard of that. I actually haven't sat down and listened to it. Uh, I like paranormal stuff. I like uh, bizarre states, uh, some nerdist ones. Uh, golly, <laughs> hmm. uh, I'm all about discovering things. Sometimes uh, voice actors will do audio dramas, and like, ooh, that I, w- I want to see like the radio drama come back in the internet age, and it's Go there in podcast form. Oh, so oh. Does, does that mean we're going to see you on Tales of the Extraordinary? Keep hey, threatening. Not going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, be- it's better as a voice actor, so I've trained as that first. So I'm spoiled by having my script in front of me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on camera is a little daunting. And it only feels better when I'm watching outtakes and seeing like people like Jack Nicholson and other people screw up constantly and have to do like 50 takes. It's like, <laughs> all right, I'm not the only one who has trouble memorizing lines. That's why film is so good. Because. You get to just redo it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but live performances, however, theater, oh my God. But some people are addicted to that rush. It was like, oh my God, the pressure's on. I have to get it right the first time. Oh. Uh, what, what are some projects uh, that you have in the works currently that you are allowed to share? And Coleman, that applies to you too. <laughs> oh, what? I was just on here like two weeks ago. I haven't done anything. <laughs> Surgery. Oh, no, wait. That makes me a voice actor now. What? Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Wait, your scar healed, yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's healing really <laughs> good. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's your new nickname, Scar. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, book, book me, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. I'm gonna have surgery like two days before that, but I, I'll probably be better a little after. I didn't realize it was a like a massive gash. <laughs> oh, my character. Lord. Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even notice that till now. You said it. Oh good, excellent. <laughs> Got like the mark of Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, I had stitches going on. It was awesome. It was like a pirate. <laughs> so sexy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, projects. Let's see. What yeah. can I talk about? Well, um, we've got the the. The, the final story arc, I guess, of, uh, of Dragon Ball Super, which I've still got to record, but it's, it's already out there that I'm Gohan, so that's safe to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, some more Hunter Hunter episodes, as Moral, I think, have been airing lately. Um, ah, I think that's about it, but I have been busy. It, I have been working a lot this year, and I'm very, very grateful. So, so more games on the horizon, more shows on the horizon, 
and uh, I can certainly uh, post about those once they drop uh, on the social media. Hmm. Okay. And um, is it safe to say we're going to get another story mode for Street Fighter V with you guys on there again? Ooh. Uh, it's not safe to say because <laughs> anything that would happen is an NDA. So, but I'm being 100% honest by saying I have no idea what they plan to do uh, from here on out. I, I only know once I get a call or an email saying, can you come in on Tuesday from 9 to 12? You're working on a something super secret. I'm like, oh, okay. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, yeah. They, they keep us in the dark for a reason because, you know, yeah, you'll get blacklisted real quick <laughs> if, you're, if you're posting what you're We're working on and you haven't been clearance to do that. <laughs> Coleman. What? I would never tell him. I don't know. He really looks guilty. <laughs> I uh -huh. Your kid's giving you the stink eye. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom left without her. <laughs> so, oh, okay. It wasn't your fault then. Oh, not this time, no. <laughs> not <just> this time. <laughs> oh, wait. I should show them? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still looking for pictures of Kyle. <laughs> uh, so what advice would you give to fans and audience here that would love to get into voice acting or podcasting? Do anything else. Give up. Run. There's too many of us. Please. No. No more. No more. There's You'll be no poor. Everything has been cast. No, just kidding. No, I, I'm a big proponent of, of paying it forward. Uh, people helped me out uh, in the industry before I was in the industry. And mm -hmm. I, I do believe in spreading the signal far and wide that people who want to do any sort of creative endeavor in their life, whatever career path they take, they need to take baby steps towards achieving that goal because you try to bite off too much at once. It's it's really hard to. It, it doesn't seem like it's achievable. Mm -hmm. It seems more more doable in small chunks. Like for acting, you start small. You start saving your money, which is really hard to do because you're barely making ends meet. You have that day job and stuff. You start taking a class. You save your money. Uh, maybe move to a big city like Los Angeles. Um, and you get some roommates and uh if your roommates happen to all have the same goal that's great everyone start networking together and people start pooling their contacts and and spending time with people and and um you know after your after your classes then you move to the demo stage you get a demo professionally recorded and in, in, in the hands of talent agents and casting people and, and hopefully you'll be able to snag an agent to represent you and get you out, uh, uh, get you auditions for bigger things that you wouldn't be able to get on your own. Mm -hmm. And this process takes years. I mean, like excruciating amount of time. Uh, the people that just broke into it and fell into it and suddenly super rich and famous, that is not the uh, rule. That is definitely the exception. So... A lot of us uh, struggle. I mean, even those who have notoriety and have a, a big resume and have what seems like forward momentum, it's like, oh, you're so well-known, you must live in a castle. Like, nope. Uh, we all have bills to pay, and that doesn't end. And sometimes you got strong weeks followed by a few dry months. And you got to gotta just ride the waves. Be prepared to have a long career of, uh, of roller coaster rides. Ups and downs and... Hills and valleys, and never give up. 
stay committed. If this is what you want to do deep down in your soul, and it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Definitely, definitely. So I guess I'll be definitely seeing you guys when I move out to LA next year. Hey, he's coming out here. <laughs> oh man, why would you want to leave Hawaii? Come on. I got an offer. Yeah, Google gave me an. Um, I did a. I got a, a job offer from Google to be a. I'm going to be a <laughs> uh, user interface engineer. <clears throat> okay. Well, good. All right. That, there's there's half the battle. If you want to get into acting. Your job is going to pay for your move? Yeah. Okay. That's one huge hurdle you don't have to worry about. The only problem with it is they want me to move now, and I'm still stuck in a contract at the hospital I'm at till August. So I'm like, uh. Oh. Oh, my gosh. The hospital's like, yeah, you can leave. You just got to pay the $10,000 of training that, you know, we invested in you. And I'm like, uh, can I write an IOU? <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so start your uh, your Kickstarter. <laughs> right. Uh, GoFundMe. <laughs> GoFundMe, yes. Please fund me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not get me to L.A. It's it's get me out of my contract so I can go to L.A. on someone else's dime. <laughs> right. <laughs> get me out of here. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh... Will we ever get the chance to see you out here in Hawaii again? Oh, man, I hope so. I've got a friend or two there. Hopefully I'll get to one of those Comic-Cons in Honolulu. Uh, that's where That's the only part of Hawaii I've ever been to. And, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. But I would love to see Maui. and love to take a tour of more of the area and stuff. But, yeah. Well, I have been, uh, along with Video Gamers Hawaii, we've been working towards uh, harassing the guy to get you guys out here. Because I, I oh. <laughs> that guy's he's gonna get sick of the DMs from us. We're like, are you gonna bring him out here? Because they're announcing like the next con. They're like, yeah, we're gonna have um, Tower Strong and whatnot. And we're like, okay, cool. Are you gonna have Michael Coleman? You're gonna have Dorothy Fawn? You're gonna have Kyle? Like, no response. We're gonna keep they messaging you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a key thing that you're you're bringing up. But yeah, we don't want to harass the conventions because that could work <laughs> against our favor. We'll never be invited. But the, the important thing is to do what you absolutely did and reach out, post on their social media, email them, direct message them, whatever. Let them know who you want to see as a guest at your local convention. And then, you know, if they're interested, they'll reach out to us and then we'll we'll work out the details and make it happen on our end. Yeah, Rick's and I literally hounded him every single day at Comic-Con. And he was like, more and more, he's like, yeah, okay, no, absolutely, yeah, contact me, yeah, let's, do, let's do it, let's do it. And no. <laughs> not so much. No, no, absolutely not. Right Go back. Does email still work? He's like, yeah, totally. Okay, great. So about we talk to Comic-Con. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Jimmy. So I'm like, hey, fans, can you harass Jimmy? They're like, we've been harassing him. I'm like, hmm, maybe he hates me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> And so I, I guess one of my last questions I, uh, that I'm going to ask, and, you know, Coleman, it's going to apply to you as well, but oh, yeah. you guys do work with uh, Unlocked, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can tell everyone here. Unlocked is a, it's like Periscope. It's a, uh, a live stream thing for, for people. Right now, it's geared towards people in, in the industry, in the pop culture, anime, gaming industry, cosplay, writers, engineers. Okay, no, Dude, hit me up on uh, 
on Facebook on my page, and he was like, he wanted me to do voice for like a comic that he did. Yeah, and he was like, hey, you on? I guess it was unlocked. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, and so I said to him through that, he's like, you got to get on there. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, this is this is uh, an app created by David Vincent and Bryce Pappenbrook. So you should message one of those guys, and uh, because they are on the heels, just on the cusp of dropping the Android version of the app out, and that means you would launch a stream, and your fans would come into a chat room watching you broadcast from your phone wherever, and uh, you do Q and A. You can. It's oh. it's kind of like Periscope. Okay, sure. Or didn't you used to do like, hey, um, was it on Twitter? What was it? Where you're like, hey, I'm going to be online doing nothing. Come talk yeah, to me. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> that. Yeah, you know, use a, it's like doing a Twitter Q&A, but on, on camera. But like the one guy who'll be like, hey, eating right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, different people are doing different things. They got... Uh, these two sisters called the chalk twins so they get on the chat and they live stream they point their phone at the artwork they're making with chalk on sidewalks and stuff and cosplay people give cosplay tips and um where are you <laughs> where am i yeah was it truck no oh, no that was me <clears throat> that was me i heard it on your end oh oh <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I landed upon a little was sinking, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we had the, Godzilla is attacking the Casanova podcast as we speak. Ooh. Right? We we just had the Hell's Angels go by. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so realistic. It sounded just like a Hell's Angel motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, when uh when Cody came out for Street Fighter Five, suddenly all the you know, it was kinda like when uh, you know, water brings plants back to life suddenly like all these people were like hey and uh they're like what's your what's your twitter i'm like oh wow i deleted that like a year ago <laughs> they're all oh, what i'm like yeah i literally never used it and you know there's really gross people on there, so I never did. they're like what do we do okay <laughs> but, yeah for like a week or two people were just like you did what <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's a little dance you have to do on social media uh, yeah <clears throat> so um let's see what is my last question i had a question i forgot what yes. it was <laughs> oh I, I download unlocked and uh, leave you with kyle well Just, uh, i well, like a third. what the well the question is okay. to, to both of you guys. I'll, I'll go ahead and just throw it to both of you guys. Did you have fun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. I enjoyed. I did a minute. <laughs> it, it, it it was a very unexpected surprise getting to see uh, see Michael. I, I haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> it's in passing at something like Comic Con. Like, hey, I know you. At the park, <laughs> yeah. At the park, we we had a little gathering at the park. Yeah, we had a picnic and a signing. <laughs> you were signing Street Fighter stuff for a charity. Yeah. Uh, did you guys already talk about Wreck-It Ralph and how you are not in it, and that's not right? Uh, well, I am in it, but no, uh, in the yeah. new one. Yeah, in the new one. I. Uh, you want to fight who? Where? 
I uh, there's a scene at Tapper's when everyone says cheers, and in the back you hear Ryu, and he does a sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Did they they didn't make you record just for that, did they? No, they lifted the track from the previous session. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> they you did they what? Pay you? For oh, yeah, I will be paid. I'm still oh. waiting. But yeah, I will be paid. <laughs> All right. Yay, I residuals. Did... I'm not in the credits, though. That's I know. I was explaining to Patty the whole Don Gift thing, that the director's is such a big fan that he does the voice himself and didn't hire the actual voice actor. That's also yeah. why he's on that talks. And it's like, come on, Rich. You're already sour, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but oh, actually, yeah. I first knew Kyle through uh, Ground Control. Oh yeah, Ground Control, a little karaoke night. Yeah, you're the <clears> random <throat> guy that uh, Deb and Sarah kept bringing over. They're like, "This is Kyle." We're all like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> she was very nice. You all got to calm down. <laughs> Craziness. Yep. Oh, what's oh, wow. that? What? Wow. Yeah, we bumped into each other at the... I can't say why I was there. (laughs) (laughs) At a place. (laughs) At a place with stuff and things. And I took a picture that I'm not sure I can release yet, but yeah. There's that. We always do that. It's like, I hope you remember to post this six months from now. (laughs) (laughs) My problem is I keep stupidly dressing up like Cody uh, whenever like a recording. (laughs) And then... I realize, oh, I can't post this picture. <laughs> no! Because, oops. Oopsie. Yeah, like walking around in E3. It's like, there's my voice coming out of this trailer, and I can't say oh. anything. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that was the weirdest. I think it was Tekken. Like, they were, or, yeah, they or Street Fighter 4. I don't know. They released, like, at Comic-Con, there was a huge trailer with, like, Cody and Guy and all them. And I was like, sweet! And I'm, like, posting. I'm like, hey, everybody! And then Talison's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, what? What? Can't announce that. But what? I'm right there. <laughs> what? I my voice in my face. Or not my? Yeah. They're like, hey, you can't say. I'm like, but wh- I don't know. He's like, yeah. Oh. Even <laughs> though I was the voice before, I still can't say it. Like, if Ryu pops up in a new trailer, I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. Oh, weird. Huh. That is, a, that, is a, that is some weird, wild stuff. People are going to walk up and be like, isn't that you? I don't know. That sounds like you. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> who is doing an imitation of me? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, the game's coming out. Are you doing the voice? I'm like, wow, I sure hope so. <laughs> it's like, is it coming out in two weeks? Is it? Huh, weird. The answer lies in the heart of battle and Hawaii's number one podcast. The Casanova Podcast. This is Kyle Bear, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter. Hadouken! Awesome. <laughs> Dude, gonna, I, I can't top that. <laughs> I always forget my lines. <laughs> uh, oh, what's my thing about, like, I don't like to do desk work or something? Uh, this was it. Uh, desk work just isn't my thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> or is boring the crap out of you or something. Like that. All right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Hey. <laughs> hey. 
This is Michael T. Coleman, Cody Travers from Street Fighter V. Desk work just ain't my thing, but you know what is? The Casanova Podcast, number one in Hawaii. Bingo! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Bad and violent. <laughs> Mostly violence. I may have a problem. Like punishment by fist. <laughs> punishment by podcast. There you go. Casanova Podcast. It's like a fist right in your ass. <laughs> There's so many fisting jokes in the script for Street Fighter. It's like oral sodomy. Oh, yeah. There's so many prison jokes they cut out every time I go in the booth. Oh, God. Or is like, no. Okay, do one. We'll see if they say no. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. Maybe your character needs to go to prison. Then you'll have so much material. Oh God! <laughs> All right, you have your love affair, and that's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll say <laughs> thank you guys for being on the show. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'll keep in touch with you as well, Kyle. Coleman, hey. I talk to you every All day. Right. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Bye. Take care of my screaming kids. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Mahalo. Bye. <laughs> did you enjoy this episode of the Casanova Podcast? Well, I hope you did. And if you did, please make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. And let us know what we can improve upon, what you liked, what you didn't like, and all that good stuff. And just make sure you always... Have a good time. That being said, this is your boy Mikael Castanova, my wife's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out, and I'll catch you on the next episode.